0: My god, they're dead! Who could have done such a heinous act? I bet it was that frog down by the swamp. I don't like that frog. He's got them shifty eyes. It was that convict Iron Jaw that trapped scallion. I bet it was that strange shadowy figure that likes to swing in the park on Thursday nights. I'll swaddle. My stuffed panda. He's possessed. It could have been Ricky's arm. We haven't seen it since it got cut off. I definitely know who the killer is. Yeah. Blank is the killer. What's up, party people? It's your host, Josh Baker, and you're listening to Blank is the Killer, the unoriginal horror movie podcast where I cover six new to me horror movies with a random well not so random currently seventh topic at the end this episode i'll be covering deadly big rigs murderous hackers and grotesque cultists among other things now come with me to an undisclosed location where we'll be left in the woods and live out our fantasies of being victims in a slasher movie hopefully without the actual death number one maximum overdrive 1986 directed by stephen king the earth is in the tail of a comet this inexplicably causes inanimate machines to come to life the main threat of these new animated machines are large trucks they attack people who have hunkered down in a diner the people eventually escape the diner and sail to an island a russian satellite blows up a ufo and once the earth is outside of the comet tail the machines become inanimate once again Different machines that have come to life under alien influence are the killers. I knew coming into this movie that it was going to be bad. We have Stephen King directing a feature length film for the first time based on one of his throwaway short stories. It's obviously not a recipe for something great. I thought that it was going to be so bad it's good. It is in parts. The first third of the movie is a ridiculous good time. The movie starts with a title card explaining what's going on so instead of worrying about setting the stage or learning about the characters we jump right into the crazy death sequence on a bridge. This movie isn't really a horror movie it's basically an action romp where a bunch of random people end up dying. None of the characters are really developed so you don't care when they die. Now the action sequences are actually a lot of fun. All of the action is done practically, so seeing all of these trucks blow up, crash, flip over, and what have you provides a nice action fix. Stephen King was nominated for a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Director, but I honestly think a lot of the action scenes are directed a lot better than you'd expect. The best parts of the movie are the random machine attacks that mostly end in death. My favorites have to be the soda machine that shoots cans at a Little League coach until he dies, and the part where one of the little league players eats it on his bike and is then promptly run over by a steamroller the best character by far is one of the players his name is deke and he survives the steamroller attack he then lone wolves it on his bike there's a sequence where he's riding down the street in a random suburban neighborhood where we see a ton of dead bodies from car crashes lawnmower incidents and other random machine attacks Pet warning. A dog is shown with a remote controlled police car in its mouth. It looks incredibly dumb and doesn't make you sad, but it's in there. I wish the movie included more of this neighborhood setting instead of focusing on a random truck stop where the only machines that are really attacking anyone are trucks. Sure, a dude gets killed after touching an arcade machine at the diner, but it's still mostly just truck deaths. The first time that dude in the arcade shows up, he says, Yo mama, to a pinball machine r.i.p mr yo mama before he gets the zap of death from an arcade cabinet a machine that dispenses cigarettes unloads its contents which the dude scoops up i see you cigarette machine going for the long con kills arcade cabinet couldn't be patient and lets your plan come to fruition it's gotta shock the dude the soundtrack for the movie is done by acdc because why not does it work not at all but if you like acdc You'll hear it throughout the entire movie, regardless of what emotion is trying to be captured on screen. The biggest actor in this movie is Emilio Estevez. He was nominated for the Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Actor for the role, which I don't think is fair. I think he is fine in this. His character is an ex-con cook at a truck stop diner. He's fine in the role. Do I consider any of the acting in the movie good? Of course not. It's all campy and hammed up, but I don't think Emilio is that bad in Maximum Overdrive maybe others are expecting a lot more from the character he's playing stephen king has a quick cameo in the beginning and atm calls him an asshole over and over it's funny before this an electric sign outside a bank continuously displays "FU." i wish we had more of this kind of nonsense in the movie but the focus is put on the boring diner i pretty much tuned out completely once emilio prepares to go on a rescue mission through the sewers to save some douchebag that happens about halfway through the film too after that nothing else is worth seeing you get a very long sequence of the diner survivors gassing up trucks after a little truck pulls up with an m60 and starts mowing people down rambo style and threatens to continue killing if they don't give them that sweet petrol it does this by honking morse code obviously and everyone just goes along with it which doesn't make a lot of sense to me but hey like i said i'm already tuned out by the time we get here there is a newlywed couple in maximum overdrive and the wife played by yeardley smith is one of the most obnoxious characters ever unfortunately her character survives even though she is basically trying to get killed the entire film she went on to be the voice of lisa simpson which makes a lot of sense the gore in this movie is practical fun and bright red think funny gore over disgusting gore maximum overdrive is a fun time for about 30 minutes it is then a chore to finish. Avoid watching the whole thing. Number two, Unfriended, Dark Web, 2018, directed by Steven Susco. This movie is a ton of dumb fun. If you don't want it spoiled, skip two. 12 minutes forty three seconds. A dude named Mateus, uh, it might be pronounced differently in the film, but I'm going to say Mateus from here on out. Takes a laptop that's been sitting in the Lost and Found since he needs a better computer to work on an app that'll help him talk to his girlfriend Amaya, who's deaf. Mateus then has a game night over Skype with some friends. The owner of the laptop says that people will die if Mateus doesn't give it back. Mateus decides to keep it, which leads to everyone being put in danger. People start getting killed by hooded figures that could possibly be ghosts. Eventually everyone dies except Amaya, who's left standing on top of Mateus, who's been buried alive. It's revealed that a network of Dark Web users that refer to themselves as Sharons plan the whole thing. The Dark Web Sharons are the killers. This movie has two endings. In the one I didn't see, Mateus gets hit by a van after a Dark Web vote regarding his fate, and Amaya ends up at a warehouse where she's captured. Online, people have been stating that the ending I saw basically confirms that demons made everything happen, but I don't see that being the case. The Dark Web people have this crappy, corrupted pixelation effect accompanying them whenever they are on screen, which leads to some supernatural going ons being possible. But the hoodie wearing Dark Web homies are shown to be actual people at the end. The movie would be so much better without this awful pixelation effect. This movie is terrible and amazing it's a fantastic so bad it's good movie i love the way unfriended dark web is presented almost the entire movie is shown as what's on the screen of the laptop Mateus stole it's a neat concept colin woodell plays Mateus, and he actually does a pretty convincing job he's by far the best actor in the movie the others aren't great but they're somewhat believable as a group of friends at least the ending i saw that has Mateus buried alive dying right beneath his unknowing girlfriend's feet is awesome and bleak the other ending sounds pretty bad the plot itself is almost good the hacking in the movie is completely unrealistic i would have preferred the hacking to be presented in a more realistic fashion but i understand that actual hacking isn't as cinematic and entertaining the dark web is a lot more boring than this movie leads on but hey i didn't go to see unfriended dark web for a realistic representation of hacking and the dark web even though i think a realistic take could actually be scary i went to see really dumb stuff like a character named aj he's in the friend group and he's basically the liberal version of alex jones he's just as insufferable he shows his friends earlier in the movie that he recently acquired some new bumpin speakers huh i wonder if those will be of importance chekhov's speakers are used by the hackers to play the sound of a shotgun cocking while aj is going to talk to the police who are swatting his house yep the hackers swat him by calling the police from his spoof phone number and playing a ridiculously fake sounding threat they made by mashing up things aj said in the past the dark web crew are very crafty strangely enough the best kill of the movie is done off screen One of the characters named Serena has to choose whether her fiancé or terminally ill mother will die. She can't choose for some reason, so the DW hackers kill both, and then they kill her. The fiancé is shoved in front of a subway train, and her mom's life support is remotely turned off. Serena is attacked off-screen, accompanied by a brutal sound effect that's either her neck being broken or her head being bashed in. It's hard to tell in the moment. Somehow, this is the scariest kill of the movie— i think due to how real it feels the swat death is hilarious the subway push was done way better in a show about a guy becoming president another character is pushed off the top of a building dw hackers sure do love pushing people to their deaths Mateus is buried alive which is pretty spooky scary and the gang's british friend is hung by the dw hackers who make it look like he committed suicide for an r-rated movie there isn't any rating deserving gore sure there is a girl who has a hole in her head from being trepanated but the actual effects for the head hole are so laughably bad and disappointing earlier in the film a dw sharon says they want the girl to be trepanated which basically means have a hole put in her head and then have something that's alive put in the hole while she's still alive and able to witness it that text request is more disturbing than anything that is actually shown on screen Mateus finds a bunch of snuff films on the laptop which makes you think we are going to see some truly demanded stuff but nope no creepy deaths to shake you up like the home movies in sinister i honestly don't know why unfriended dark web is rated r i don't remember a lot of cursing and as i just talked about there's barely any gore the movie had an abysmal opening which probably would have been helped by a pg-13 rating don't get me wrong i prefer r-rated horror movies unfriended dark web just doesn't have a reason for its r rating unfriended dark web is a fun time it's stupid and funny i could barely contain my laughter when the owner of the laptop is using a cheesy voice changer to talk to Mateus. i never thought the sound of a mac not being able to do something you know the sound could be so humorous it's used throughout the film for great comedic effect go see this if you're a fan of so bad it's good for some reason certain websites are saying that internet douche canoe jake paul is in this i can sadly confirm he's not i'm not sure where that misinformation is coming from number three baskin 2015 directed by can evernal before i jump into it this is a turkish film so my apologies for any name butchering a group of policemen are hanging out at a restaurant they get a call that another group needs backup on the way to the scene the driver sefi hits a random guy in the street and crashes the police van into a ditch the group is close to the scene so they walk to the building where backup is needed they enter and part of the group is killed right off the bat while others are captured by a weird cult two of the policemen arda and Ramsey, have some strange foresight ability and are able to talk to each other back at the restaurant using this power arda is able to get a key kill the cult leader and escape as the sole survivor of the group he then tries to flag down a police car which hits and kills him arda is the random guy that continuously gets hit in this hellish loop Safi and the grotesque cult are the killers if you've been waiting for me to cover another horror movie that's overflowing with gross out goop buckle your pants baskin is all about shock over substance why bother with an actual plot when you can just pack a bunch of disturbing imagery into your movie it has bloody eyeless naked sorry scantily clad slaves running around cutting up bodies amputating limbs and eating raw human flesh there's a lot of that there's a lady that has had her face replaced with a goat skull that is used as a rite of passage for the cult yeah a dude named yavuz is forced to do the deed with her right after he has his eyes graphically gouged out and his eye sockets tongued by the cult leader yeah i know yeesh the gore and makeup effects are all incredibly well done which just heightens the yeesh factor eye gouging and intestine removal is all done practically and looks completely disgusting i will say this the practical effects and shocking content are superbly done this movie even has a believable throw-up scene which for some reason is a rarity even though it's so easy to do one that looks legit the problem with baskin is the lack of an enthralling story this movie basically has the gore and disturbing imagery that event horizon needs let's all be honest with ourselves the effects in event horizon have not aged well and event horizon has the story that baskin needs baskin is basically just the story of some guys stuck in a hell loop we don't care about any of the characters we know they are shady cops but that's it i might be missing some turkish folklore or something here But the story is just plain bad and confusing. It's a shame since this movie legitimately has horrifying imagery and is beautifully crafted. This imagery with an actual plot would be incredible. If they are supposed to be stuck in some hellish loop, shouldn't the characters remember the last loop? I mean, if I'm in hell and a horrible thing happens to me over and over, knowing that I've had to endure the horror already and will continue for all eternity is much worse than facing it for the first time over and over arda and Remzi appear to have some strange psychic power that i don't understand what is the significance of these conversations and visions they have arda gets the key that kills the cult leader in one but he's still stuck in the loop the cult leader is one of the creepiest character designs i've ever seen he looks like a horrifying baby man i was going to praise whoever did the makeup but i found out that is actually what the actor Mehmet saraglu looks like my condolences he's leaned into these creepy roles and seems to be doing all right it looks like baskin translates to descent in english even though i wish the story was more put together the movie is beautifully shot and a grotesque descent into madness if you're a fan of disturbing imagery creepy characters and gore check out baskin if you're not a gore fan go to baskin robbins instead fun fact baskin won the best new director award at austin's fantastic fest I like Evan Roll's style, so I'm definitely going to check out his newest film, Housewife, when there is a way to watch it. Number 4 Ruin Me, 2017, directed by Preston DeFrancis. A couple, Alex and Nathan, attend a slasher sleepout, which is basically a fake slasher movie experience in the woods. Some others show up too. The group solves puzzles, and people start dying. The group starts to think people are actually being killed everyone is picked off one by one until alex and nathan are left alex and nathan then end up in this elaborate trap in which alex's ex-boyfriend and fellow drug addict jared is also present alex and nathan get free and jared is gone before nathan sees him alex doesn't tell nathan about her and jared's on off relationship that has continued into her relationship with nathan who's also her therapist nathan gets killed and alex makes it to a bar after taking down who she thinks is one of the killers it's revealed that everything was set up and everyone is alive nathan and alex take off and during a stop alex finds jared tied up in the trunk nathan is mad that alex didn't confess that she had been seeing him and still using drugs nathan set this all up nathan kills jared then thinks he has killed alex but she's still alive and able to kill him nathan is the killer holy long plot summary batman i feel it was necessary to spill out all the twists and turns so you don't have to bother watching the movie yourself it's not good chalk up another bad shutter exclusive it's disappointing because the concept for this movie is an interesting one a group of people meet up and go into the woods under the impression that they are going to have a slasher movie experience only to find out the deaths are real well they aren't real in the movie but I think you could truly make a great meta horror movie with this plot. The movie starts off all right. It has a bunch of raunchy comedy attempts that don't really land in the current day and age. The acting is decent and believable up until the scene where Alex ends up on the beach with her ex-boyfriend Jared. That's the turning point where the acting goes from decent to abysmal. No one is able to convey any real emotions. The characters are perfect for interesting banter and jokes, which we don't really get any of one of the characters makes a bunch of horror references which start out as amusing but quickly shift into groan inducing territory i immediately thought that nathan and his friend whose spot alex ends up taking were going to be behind any actual deaths that happened as soon as alex and nathan show up to the event and i ended up being partially correct no sane person is going to date one of their patients rule number one of being a therapist is not to date your clients geez nathan nathan is a weird creep from his first moment on screen so it is so easy to point at him and go yep that's the guy that's going to kill someone he totally acts and looks like a guy who's going to try and kill and then have sex with his girlfriend yeah in that order we couldn't have nathan just be a guy that killed out of jealous rage gotta add in the necrophiliac rape angle here's a tip to all future horror filmmakers if you were trying to make a meta horror movie make sure it's heavy on comedic elements and self-awareness leave out random dark subject matter that literally adds nothing to the story besides shock value there is one thing in this movie that is kind of cool it's a saw-esque trap which starts with alex and jared chained together by cuffs on their ankles on the beach the chain they are attached to goes through an anchored point located underwater so for one of them to reach a key that is on a pole the other has to go underwater for a good amount of time jared goes underwater and alex runs towards the key she gets the key but upon turning it into the lock she ends up being attached to nathan who is at the top of a hill that has spikes at the bottom of it nathan has a straight jacket like garment on alex runs back to the beach to try and save jared from drowning which pulls nathan into the spikes jared is gone though luckily nathan only has a spike pierce his leg and a non-vital spot very cool trap one thing that doesn't make any sense though is the fact that nathan set the whole thing up and could have easily been killed i get that he has a friend helping him but i didn't see his friend make sure he didn't land face first on spikes ruin me is a great concept with poor execution skip it and watch just about any other meta horror comedy one last gripe Early on in the film, Alex bumps into one of the other members of the group in broad daylight. This isn't scary at all, but is accompanied by a very loud jump scare sound, which really annoyed me. Can we do away with pointless loud sounds moving forward, horror genre? I swear that the added sound was louder than anything else in the movie. If you want to add loud, pointless sounds into your film, at least make sure you're mixing your audio correctly number five mohawk 2017 directed by ted geohagan two mohawk calvin and oak are hanging out with the british guy named joshua calvin lights an american camp on fire during the night thus killing a bunch of americans the remaining americans hunt down the trio and kill their friends and family along the way the americans end up killing the trio with heavy losses to their own numbers oak comes back to life and kills the remaining americans calvin is the killer it is really hard to look at all the killers in this movie and point them out because some people have justified motives i decided to label calvin the killer because his actions are what end up getting everyone else killed he kills the americans they go on the warpath to capture him for what he's done his family and friends won't hand him over peacefully which leads to more death to be fair almost everyone in this movie is a killer since barely anyone actually kills out of self-defense If you've listened to Blank is the Killer up to this point, you know I can be a little wishy-washy on my killer rules. Mohawk has an interesting concept. I like the idea of Native Americans trying to escape an attack from bloodthirsty Americans. You rarely see America as the villain in films. I think I would have preferred a version of this movie where Calvin isn't the catalyst for all the death, since that somewhat justifies the Americans' murderous rampage. Even though I really like the idea behind the movie, the movie itself is not enjoyable almost all the acting is bad and the whole thing has a cheap feel to it it must be incredibly hard to do a period piece action horror movie with a low budget so i do respect the attempt the costumes don't look right to me everything looks really clean for people that have been hanging out in the forest for so long you don't even see home base for the mohawk in this movie a lot of stuff you expect to see just isn't there This movie could have been a lot better if the idea that Joshua and Oak are being hunted by murderous soldiers was amplified. I would have liked to see more scenes bring tension to the film. I never felt tense throughout the movie. All I really felt was bored. I didn't like any of the characters that much, so throughout the movie, I had no horse in the race. No one is likable. Sure, I want Oak to kill the American leader at the end, but compared to other movies I've seen that really make you hate vile characters, his comeuppance didn't make me feel anything maybe what bored me the most is the fact that 90% of the movie takes place in a sunny green forest there are barely any interesting location changes i feel like the terrain in the forest could have at least changed a bit there had to be interesting parts in the forest that the movie could have been shot at throughout the movie it's revealed that oak is pregnant with some strange possibly evil entity this seems to be the reason why she comes back to life it just doesn't feel impactful when oak and joshua meet a french guy who freaks out and starts yelling about the evil child in oak i believe that's what he was yelling about but my french is a little rusty you think there's going to be some crazy demon action at the end all we get is resurrected oak covered in bones maybe i would have found this spookier if i hadn't just seen a very similar look in baskin oak wears an animal skull as a mask where in baskin it appears that the goat skull was permanently attached to a woman's face which of those images is more horrifying obviously the latter the gore in this movie is done practically and looks pretty good for the most part there is a decapitated head temple stabbing with some nice blood spurts burned corpses and bullet and arrow wounds that all look good in the ending scene oak's hand is ripped apart which leaves her with a stump that has a jagged bone protruding from it she stabs the american leader with the bone shiv which is neat The worst looking effect by far is a throat slash no slash wound is visible on the victim's neck so it just looks like someone poured some fake blood on his neck and called it a day mohawk is a great concept with poor execution skip this and check out bone tomahawk instead the americans aren't the villains in that movie but it's a lot better executed number six the cottage 2008 directed by paul andrew williams two brothers david and peter kidnap a crime boss's daughter named tracy they have the crime boss's son andrew deliver the ransom money but the crime boss already knows what's going on tracy eventually escapes and takes peter hostage david tracks them down and finds the body of a hitman sent by the crime boss to kill them along the way peter and tracy find a house that is inhabited by a freakish serial killer farmer The farmer kills everyone except peter who strangles the farmer but gets stuck in a basement the basement is filled with ravenous captive wives and daughters of the farmer that lurch at peter after the credits the crime boss shows up and the screen freezes after the farmer who's still alive attacks them the farmer is the killer his captive wives and daughters probably kill peter but that's not confirmed the cottage is a british horror comedy it stars everyone's favorite motion captor actor andy circus his acting and the acting from all the others is great everyone feels like a real person you could run into well everyone except the farmer i hope that's not a person i can run into the farmer's design feels very jason-esque a main weapon of his in the movie is a machete the main difference between him and jason is the farmer's lack of hockey mask there are some pictures of him with his kidnapped brides where he's wearing his different masks he's made out of human faces but he isn't wearing these masks while doing his killing throughout the movie i think his design is good not too over the top not too normy looking if the farmer was just a normal guy i don't think it would have worked maybe it would have if he wore the flesh masks the gore in this movie is fantastic and practical we get the tip of a foot cut off with a shovel the top of a head also removed with said shovel a head ripped out of a body with the spine still attached which is later thrown through a window there's a bunch of heads on a shelf that all look great the gore is incredibly fun the movie is genuinely funny there's a part where tracy has her hands tied behind her back she is still able to get the upper hand on peter and ends up headbutting him over and over in the face it's ridiculous andrew the lovable oaf buys a ski mask so tracy won't be able to recognize him he ends up getting a mask with the face cut out which is hilarious even if he got the right one he's a large dude i think she would have recognized his body the soundtrack is very campy and makes sure you know this isn't going to be a serious film right off the bat it sounds very similar to the adams family movie music classical music is also used to hilarious effect at times which i really dug it's got the horror and comedy so why hadn't i already watched this movie i think the main issue that stopped the movie from becoming more of a cult hit is the terrible cover the movie makes it look like an uninspired low budget slasher movie don't get me wrong i'm all about that type of movie but when you have a fun horror comedy you should really sell your movie's genre on the cover it looks like there actually is a good cover that has peter david and tracy's heads mounted on a wall but the cover you'll see when browsing through offerings on streaming sites just has the farmer's face with a terrible filter i am glad that i decided to check this out after seeing it recommended online the cottage is a very good time check it out it's full of charm and should bring a smile to your face doug bradley who's best known for his performance as pinhead shows up in the movie as the villager with a dog that talks to david number seven buffy babble i'm now on season three episode 16 of buffy the vampire slayer and xander still sucks he's insufferable why couldn't he have been the character that was killed off instead of jenny i like jenny that's right jenny is dead rest in spaghetti never forgetty angel killed her yeah a lot of things have happened in my first ever buffy watch since the last podcast episode here's my attempt at listing all the killers from the last time to now vampires angel he's a vampire but needs to be called out an abusive mr hyde boyfriend swim team fish boys their swimming coach a slayer named faith an ink and mummy a man made of living insects a robot stepdad a demon called the judge der kinderstad a sad boy's ghost demon slave masters and a demon giles summoned when he was a teen are the killers Woo! i think that's all the killers a slayer named faith oh yeah well you see there was another slayer named kendra that popped up when buffy was legally dead for two seconds that had an awful jamaican accent that's murdered by drusilla who i'll chat about in a bit thus leading to a girl named faith becoming a slayer she's played by eliza dushku she ends up killing a human on accident and doesn't show any remorse in the last episode i watched she joins the mayor who's evil so i guess faith is also evil now she has the taste for killing and can't go back whoa boy did a lot of stuff happen since last time seth green joins the gang as oz the werewolf boy he doesn't start off as a werewolf but ends up being changed into one after being bitten on his finger by his cousin geordie in the episode where his lycanthropy is revealed the werewolf suit is awesome unfortunately when he turns into a werewolf later on he looks just like a strange monkey boy i say unfortunately but it is rather hilarious i guess the cheap monkey suit is a plus because of the humor it brings to the show xander and cordelia become a couple and willow and oz do the same then willow and xander do some making out which ruins everything willow why would you cheat on oz with trash boy xander this leads xander to being completely dumped but willow and oz get back together after a falling out that's the love triangle nonsense that doesn't add much to the story buffy and angel banged which caused the gypsy curse that gave Angela's soul back to break so angel becomes evil again and kills jenny who's revealed to be a descendant of the gypsies that cursed him willow is now a witch who dabbles in spells she found a spell jenny was trying to complete to give angel his soul back which willow performs right before buffy allegedly kills angel and sends him to a hell dimension don't worry though angel comes back from the dimension due to the power of love and friendship buffy and angel aren't banging anymore which is good angel you're like 200 years old buffy wasn't even 18 during y'all's deed doing that's statutory you creepy old man this romance would not be aired in today's day and age buffy does end up turning 18 so the watchers try to kill her yeah the organization makes giles give buffy shots that sedate her powers they were then going to have her fight a vampire in her weakened state giles tries to stop this but buffy still ends up in that fight the evil vampire without powers predicament man this watcher organization seems like a bunch of british jerks giles even gets sacked for calling them out on their ass hattery there's a new watcher but i don't care about him luckily the show has two amazing villains replace the master of lameness the new big bads of season two are spike and drusilla they are fantastic drusilla is probably my favorite character so far who's still alive she's a weird psychic vampire with a doll obsession at this point in the show she appears to be gone which is unfortunate but i'm hoping she'll pop up again season 3's big bad appears to be the mayor my favorite episodes from this binge period are halloween the wish and homecoming halloween revolves around people turning into whatever costume they're wearing which leads to some great chaos if i could choose a costume that i'd change into it would have to be a powerful warlock or sorcerer supreme last halloween i dressed up as skeletor so that would have been a hilarious transformation in the wish we get a world where buffy didn't come to sunnydale the master succeeds and vampires basically run rampant having the master back for one episode actually made me warm up to him a little we get goth vampire willow which is awesome i like alternate universe episodes the oc had one and malcolm in the middle kind of has one you know that one where hal or lois take the boys bowling homecoming is a great episode because we get to see a bunch of colorful characters hunt buffy and Cordelia who is mistaken for faith my favorite character of the entire series kulak the yellow stegosaurus boy is one of the hunters he unfortunately blows up if that didn't happen he definitely would have been handed his own spinoff kulak capers well i've babbled on about buffy for quite some time so we'll wrap it up there we come to the end of episode 24 i had a great time seeing unfriended dark web i hope you like the episode if you did why not leave an itunes review hmm? if you do i'll mention it in an upcoming episode if you hate itunes don't worry we all do you can shout at me on instagram by using the hashtag blank is the killer recommend a movie or something a big shout out to sticker Fridge studios for hosting the podcast on their website allowing it to enter all your ear canals the next episode will be out on august 12th until then stay alive